Hey guys, this is Thomas. This is Taylor. This is Ryan. And we're back again with another Three Dudes One Blog Podcast. <laughs> this podcast is for the week of November 23rd, Thanksgiving week. Wee-hoo. And we are going to be thankful. We uh, we got together on Wednesday, Monday to make sure that we could have a nice, nice podcast ready for you guys for Thanksgiving. So after you eat all your food and want to get away from your family, you can just pop some headphones in, listen to us talk, and um, it'll be great. It'll be great. It'll be great. I think I'll start with uh, what I'm thankful for, <laughs> which is what are you uh, thankful for, Thomas? What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my dog. Oh, <laughs> who's um, who's in here with us, and she's being good and quiet, which I really like. And uh, that's what I'm thankful for. What are you thankful for, Taylor? <laughs> I'm thankful that the wedding's almost here. Because <laughs> you're so excited. Well, I mean, you're already married, so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be one big, one big kegger. It's going to be great. <laughs> kegger. 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 <clears throat> Do you have a keg? I mean, it's an open bar. Oh, yeah. Ryan Dice has plenty of kegs. I mean, yeah, you're in a building that <laughs> manufactures kegs. Houses quite the large, quite the large amount of kegs. Can we just like break into the the brewing spot and like drink some half brewed beer? Ugh, gross. You'd be surprised if it tastes pretty good. Anyway, what are you thankful for? Uh, thankful for my nice, boring life. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Solid. We'll end on that. We'll end on that. Yep. Guys, see you next week, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three dudes on blog signing off. Signing off. No. Um, who won last week? I think you did because I refused to vote for Taylor's topic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. What was Taylor's topic? James Bond. No, that was Thomas. No, Thomas I was James Bond. Bond. Yeah, he was James Bond. Well, I don't know. I refused to vote for James Bond, so whoever won off of that then won. I think I accidentally voted for you. How do you accidentally vote for some? Because I easily had the superior topic last time we recorded, and and you didn't win. You Taylor sure? didn't vote for me. No, I, no, because I didn't think about the fact that there were only three votes. Oh, do you yeah. not recall this conversation? You voted I for were... me. You voted for me, Thomas, and then uh, Taylor voted for you. <laughs> or no. Anyway, so I, I won. Know. I don't know. We'll no. go with you. I don't know. It's, it's been. I thought that was like a week before last week, but I don't know. I don't know. It's either. been like a month since we've recorded. I was like, this last month has been a blur. I have no yeah. idea. I was walking around er, last night thinking about um, the podcast, and I was like, what am I going to talk about? Yeah. And it felt like like a reunion. No, I think Taylor won. What were the topics? It was James Bond, Activision buying King, and. Game hacking slash cheesing. That was you. That was me. So I think it was Activision buying King. It has to be Activision buying King. Okay. It was the week before that that I won. You already said yeah. you started that. You want to go? Who cares? What? Oh no, I wasn't. That wasn't my topic. Yeah. I was just saying that we haven't recorded in so long that I felt like, oh man, it's so great to have the guys back together and record. It's been so long. This is because Thanksgiving. We had to get back together. It's family time. We're family. That's what George is. We're family now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All right, fine. I'll go first. Okay, so over the last weekend, 
Um, I was actually fortunate enough, although I'm confused about something that I read earlier, to get into and play Overwatch for the weekend, which I didn't have too much time to play, but I did get about three hours yesterday and about an hour or so on Friday. So I didn't get a whole lot of face time with it, but I'm fairly positive there were only two maps. Okay. Was it two maps or three maps now that I think about it? I think it might have been three maps. But only, and then only two game modes. But you did have access to their entire catalog of heroes, uh-huh. which I didn't even get to play all of them. But there were some that I was just like, I, you know, I wasn't really into some of the healers because they were actually a little overcomplicated for my taste. And then um, some of the damage dealers I didn't really play because I actually kind of liked the support and the tank role. Mm-hmm. But I had a pretty good time playing the game. It was actually pretty well polished in my opinion. There wasn't really much mechanically. Or functionally wrong with the game. I didn't really see many glitches or honestly too much of the way of balance issues. Besides the fact that the tanks were extremely tanky. Like it oftentimes took one to two people to take them out. It wasn't very easy uh-huh. for one person to well, like. Well I think that makes sense. Oh it does for tank. sure. It does for sure but at the same time <clears throat> I always struggle with these games that are like half FPS half not. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it doesn't. I can't tell if I'm actually doing more damage by hitting you in the head. Like if those, if that, those kind of physics come into it at all. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, there is, for instance, like a sniper character, where if you aim down the scope, the longer you actually aim down the scope, the higher the amount of damage the bullet deals. That's pretty cool. So you can actually one shot kill people if you hit them in the head. Uh huh. So I, you know, that being so contradictory to what I was just going into, like <laughs> there are some ways you can tell that there is a bit of an FPS aspect to it, but it's always very distracting to me to have like the almost, and it is very fast paced. The fast paced aspect of a shooter combined with roles, combined with mechanics and like objective play, that's more than just like take and hold something like domination or something like that. Like, one game type they have, if you have looked into it, is where there's two, obviously, still the two teams. There's no minions at all in this game or whatever. It's just a battle arena. Yeah. And the first step of the game is you have to take a control point basically right out of sight of your spawn. And this spawns a payload, which you then have to stay near Uh and push all the way to the other end of the map. Right. And once it gets there, it blows up and you win. Do both teams have that or just one team? One team okay. is guiding the payload. The other team is trying to keep them from doing it. Okay, so just like the TF2 game. It's very, it's remarkably similar to TF2 in a large number of aspects. Uh-huh. Besides the fact that there's a br- more, I guess, a breadth of heroes rather than um, just just like the you know the four or five classes that are in TF2. Uh-huh. So well, there's I think there's nine classes in TF2. I mean, when this game first got announced, I think it was around the time that Gigantic was coming out, there was this and then I think there's another MOBA uh-huh. looking game that's coming out and like the second we saw all three were basically like so everyone decided to make TF2 this Battleborn. year. Battleborn. Battleborn, that's what it was. Yeah, everyone decided to make TF2 this year. So cuz like the art kind of reminds me of it. It looks a bit more <laughs> polished and less cartoony, but Gameplay is remarkably similar to how that game felt. Well, so, I haven't played it. Yeah. My question to you is, when I played TF2, it the classes felt like variations on a theme. You know, you're a dude with a rocket launcher, or a dude with a grenade launcher, or a dude with a sniper rifle, or a dude with a shotgun. It looks to me, what I hope from Overwatch, is that Overwatch brings 
and you kind of hinted at this, like the nuance and complications of MOBA skill sets. So like in MOBAs, you have one character that's like wildly different from the next. Yeah. And Overwatch seems to apply that kind of logic and rule set to the TF2, you know, team-based shooter genre. I would say that's pretty accurate. I would say, at the same time, when you look at a game like, for instance, League of Legends, there gets a point where you can only have so many variations on a theme before you just starting you start just start throwing paint on the wall and seeing what sticks. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So on one hand, there are quite drastically different like champions to play in that game. Like the one damage dealer that I liked to play was basically the guy with an assault rifle that had a rocket launcher attached to it. Uh-huh. And that was pretty much like my bread and butter for learning to play the game because it's about as plain as you can get. Uh-huh. Whereas there's also a damage dealer that has <clears throat> instead of a machine gun, he has two basically three shot shotguns or four shot shotguns. Uh-huh. Pretty close range stuff. He can also like make himself invincible for a second. He can teleport. Like mm-hmm. Between the two of those, they're drastically different between something like TF2 and something completely different, and that's just the damage. And then you have the support, where you might have a guy with a bow and arrow, or you might have a sniper, or you might have a guy who places turrets. And then you have the tanks, where my favorite character for the tank was D.Va, which I think Kotaku had an article about. So that's why I tried her out, because I was like, well, obviously if they like her, she's got to be pretty good. And she's got a suit of armor that keeps her alive can do, can basically intercept bullets. It's got like a trophy system built in for one of its abilities. She can fly around. Not exactly like straight up fly, but she can guide herself up to legends and stuff like that. And uh-huh. when the suit dies, she hops out, and if you shoot people enough and live long enough, you get your suit back. Okay. Like that. And then there's another tank that's more along the lines of he's got a big old hammer, and he can pin you against the wall and kill you in one shot and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So it's like there there's quite the variety which I think is good because it lends itself to the mobile the MOBA skill set idea of like you really want people to find that neat that niche or niche whatever you want them to become the player who's like this is the guy I do or these are the heroes that I can switch between to really drastically change how the game plays mm-hmm. and it can happen like there are there are a lot of different skill sets in that game that can be used in a variety of ways in my opinion uh-huh. but at the same time it really does feel a little shoehorn because between the two game types, they were still very much like, get to point A, do this, and have a little battle there, and then it just kind of, like, you just kind of keep battling. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, like when, it came, when it came to, like, I haven't played too much TF2, I'll admit, but when it comes to most of the other MOBAs around, there's a bit more of an objective, and kind of, well, not necessarily, I'm not even trying to phrase it. It's kind of coming down to me between... It seems like there's more opportunity for things like team battles in, to like make small victories in most other MOBAs. Like, compar- like League of Legends is kind of a bad comparison on one hand because you're not, you know, it's if you 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 point and click, right? Like, it's not something that it can kind of play itself to the degree that you just have to land your skills at the right time, but you don't have to aim at the same time. You don't have to actually make sure you're actively engaged in, in hitting the target in front of you. Right, so it's it's an okay comparison in my opinion, but the point is that like there are the lanes and the towers where you have to take and make sure you make those small increments in those areas. Or taking the dragon may be a big deal, but it's also still technically a side objective, even uh-huh. though even though that's changed in recent years. But like my point is that it seemed basically like at the end of the day, if you weren't good at killing the other team, you did not win. Really, like 
there were times, there were a couple games out of all the ones that I played where there were decent team comps where you'd have one healer, a couple tanks, and a couple damage dealers. Uh-huh. And that would actually balance itself out pretty well, and you would, you would, st- we, we'd won both of those games that I had that happen. But I also had games where the opposing team had four damage dealers and one support, and they wrecked. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, if you have people that are good enough, you don't necessarily need to play to the rules of the game. When you have something that can be as skill-based as a shooter, uh-huh. in my opinion. Well, <coughs> I don't know. I mean, I kind of like the... So, I'm not terribly happy that Payload is basically just the same thing that we played in TF2. Yep. With the mine card or gold card or whatever. I mean, it might have been even been called Payload in TF2. But, um... I think the game, I think Overwatch and these kind of arena shooters will benefit from a simplistic design uh-huh. because MOBAs are complicated. They are. I do not want like 12 objectives in an Overwatch map. You know, like, oh yeah. I think, I think keeping it more skill based or more, um, you know, Twitch skill based. Can be can be really interesting because you know there's not I mean you've got Counter Strike or Call of Duty right now that are pretty much your like Twitch Twitch ish you know I don't I don't know what the right word is Twitch because like Twitch BS is a pretty competitive good FPS well yeah we'll go with that I don't want to get into it and start offending MOBA players because <laughs> I I play MOBAs but <laughs> you know. Like, like I think it. You don't want to complicate it too much because you know people are going to be getting. I think how many uh, characters were there in the beta? About twenty, I think. Twenty characters. So twenty characters with like completely different skill sets, or for the most part, you know, pretty various skill sets. Very. I think is enough stuff for the general public to learn that we don't need. To introduce, you know, variations on the the objectives at this point, I think Overwatch might grow into something like um, like in Heroes of the Storm, where you have that base MOBA gameplay, but then it also has the has those little things that they throw into every map, like the guardians that fight each other, or you have to pick up the doubloons and take them to the pirate guy, like something small like that that kind of changes on a map level. Yeah, I think could be interesting. Once everybody's figured out, you know, the core game plans, like, and is used to this again, because, like, pretty much if you don't play TF2, this is a new kind of thing for you. Which, arguably, mm-hmm. as many people that have, I'd say there's probably just as many people that haven't. Yeah, exactly. Like, TF2, 2007, there's probably an entire generation of gamers at this point, like, people that, like, gamers that just started being serious gamers with the end of PS3 P, uh, and Xbox 360 into the PS4 and Xbox One, who'd, like, TF2 to them is, like, Quake to us. You know, like, it was the shit, but I don't know what it is. Mm. I played Quake, by the way. <laughs> so what, I guess my contribution to this conversation will be, what do you think about them coming out and announcing... That it is not going to be free to play. It is going to be a full standalone title of forty dollars for PC and sixty dollars for consoles. But consoles get some bonus 
I don't know, skins or something. I think they haven't really announced what it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like $20 of in-game skins and things like that. Something. I don't know. You first. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, I think, especially if it ends up being a more skill-based game, mm-hmm. it's nice that you can pay $40. I mean, assuming that everything is on... I'm going to play under the assumption that you know they're going for this arena shoot a thing, they're going to go up against, or not against, but try and reinvent what Quake and um, an Unreal Tournament did, where you pay 40 bucks and you get everything. Yeah. You don't have to, like, go through, you don't, you know, you don't have to play 30 hours but see, like, so that you can compete. But see, like, the one thing with those games, though, is, like, you're not choosing any kind of characters or anything. All you are doing is, like, there is the character, and you're picking mm-hmm. up guns, random guns, from the arena. You're not picking... Um, specific, there's not unique characters that all have unique skill sets. This is something, I mean, it's something new. Um, I mean, this genre of this first person mobile or MOBA type games, I mean, it's not, it's not just your typical battle arena game. It's not Quake. It's not, well, I think it's, I think it's, well, the the, the mobile FPSs have existed. <coughs> I would agree that it seems it's different, and I'm I think it's kind of weird in my opinion that they're basically making everyone pay up front. Not because like I, if they're if they're going to give us that price and give us everything like you're talking about, I think it's fine. You know, like I don't think it's necessarily going to hurt anybody. At the end of the day, you you would probably spend that much money if you want to play that game seriously anyway. You know, like, mm-hmm. look at... I'm sure those serious League of Legends players probably dump a lot of money into that game in terms of, like, doing different... $40 is cheap for a League of Legends player. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, not... Again, not exactly the best comparison in my mind. But I feel like, however, it might be detrimental to the longevity of the game. Because you 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 know you put that price point on it and now pretty much everyone kind of like we're saying expects to get everything pretty much for free in terms of like different characters mm-hmm. or different maps and stuff like that. So you it would be all right in my opinion if they still had microtransactions around skins and stuff like that or maybe like different particle effects for their characters like that'd be perfectly fine and it might work out all right. But how do you? It just seems to me like it would kind of decrease the amount of hype that comes around for a new character being re- released or something like that if everyone's just going to get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah, no exclusivity kind of like there. The there's point no of I guess is how do they do with their the content that comes out after the initial launch? Like a year from of, now, is everything still going to be free, or is there now going to be like a paid expansion? Or I mean, something? I imagine they'll be releasing mm-hmm. new maps and new game types or whatever they want to do new objective type things however it works out but like i imagine they're eventually going to come out with a new set of characters are like they going to do your traditional dlc twenty dollars and you'll get these five new characters um or are they just going to release them out into the world and say maybe say you have to do certain things to unlock said character like win five games as an assassin and you get this new assassin or something i don't know Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's just kind of interesting in that this game seems like it's so set up for a free to play model, and then out of nowhere they're like, "No, we're doing a full full sixty dollars," and it just it was kind of surprising. Yeah, it seemed like everybody was just so set up to like all the game, all the big games right now that are kind of like this, and that there's 
20 champions and clearly there's going to be different skins and everything that's all free to pe- or free to play with like your the rotational and then cost money to unlock the individual champions for permanent. Yeah. And so it just seems like the game was so set up like this was the guarantee of like this is the way that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it was just very surprising to me. But I don't know. The, I've only seen positive reviews about the game and everybody seems to really like it. I haven't seen many uh Many pieces saying that it's not going to be worth trying out. Yeah. So, well, so I think I love the Um. Oh, I still don't. I don't know if I still believe that the game is truly a retail, not free to play. Like that seems like that seems so weird to me that the game. Because I haven't, I also haven't been like super watching like news on Overwatch, mm-hmm. but like I ha- I haven't like seen the I hadn't seen the forty dollar price tag for the PC version. Mm-hmm. I had only seen that they had released that it was going to be a full release on console, which I thought made mm, a little bit more sense. Like you give free to play to the PC and make people pay sixty bucks on console, and then they get. You know, they get all the stuff instead of nothing, and then you work your way up. <laughs> and I don't mean, like, I don't believe you guys, but, like, I don't, like, it's so ingrained that these types of games are free to play now mm-hmm. that it just is, I can't, I don't believe Blizzard that the game is going to be free to play. I mean, I just Googled it just to make sure, and, like, it doesn't even, it does, like, the quick answer thing on the top, and it says... Overwatch base price will be $40, $60 on console. Turns out Overwatch will not be free to play. Instead, it will cost you $40 to buy the base version for Blizzard's new hero shooter on PC. Because, I mean, that's what they announced well, at BlizzCon. I think. It was BlizzCon? I don't what? know if it was BlizzCon or not. I don't know if it was. It was I mean, I agree. That, I mean, BlizzCon? that was my point. Like, is like, yeah. this game, every other game that is... I, I, I want to say like this. I mean, it's not games like this, but every other game that has the MOBA tag, these choke these champions, like this group of champions, it's all free to play with your five character rotation or whatever, and then you can buy them permanently. I mean, that's how. I mean, not even just MOBAs, but like the the Microsoft, the new Fable game is going to be like that, where there's rotating heroes. Uh-huh. And that the game's free to play. Well, I mean, Fable is going free to play, and so like this game is perfectly set up. Yeah, but who and, like, bought I, the last Fable anyway? I mean, that's not the point of my what I was going. <laughs> Maybe for. a bad example, but the point but, is like the point is like you were saying this game. Everything pointed to be free to free play. To play. No, the traditional like, MOBA yeah. model pricing strategy, and then. I mean, like you, I mean, I, I can't say I don't believe it because, I mean, it's Blizzard formally came out and said, this is the, what it is. So I don't uh, know how they're going to come out in a couple months, like whenever the game's supposed to release, early 2016 or whatever, and say, oh, we changed our minds, like, PC people are going to get it for free. Uh-huh. Well, um, I'll, I'll just say two more things. One... And they both like kind of have to do with like Blizzard's 
place in the market. Mm-hmm. One, I think Blizzard is one of the few companies <coughs> that people would be totally okay and just be like, all right, sure. If yeah. they came out in four months and said, all right, we were just testing the waters. Reception, mm-hmm. not that great. It's free to play. Free to play. But also, I think Blizzard is also, like, they have such a cash at this point of, like, goodwill with Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone that Blizzard could release this game at $40 or $60 and still get, you know, this big amount of people buying into it, especially because Blizzard is so good at cross-advertising. You know, as soon as this game comes out, when you play Hearthstone, you're going to get a free whatever whatever in overwatch, overwatch or when you play here's the storm you're gonna get a free overwatch thing that's gonna say like oh well, all you have to do is buy the game and then you get this cool stuff and overwatch is gonna tie back into these other games so like i think i think this is a i mean i feel like they're losing money this way i feel really? like the traditional strategy like you could easily, if, if there's 20 champions and you charge $4 a pop, you're making 20 more dollars than in the $60 version. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I mean, you have to also let people earn it through in-game currency and all those other things. I mean, I, I agree that maybe in the long term... Oh, see, we also don't know how this is I think up. in the short term, they're making more money up front. I mean, they're getting the pre-orders and all that stuff. But I think in the long term... The free-to-play model is the lucrative model. Well, the what if they have their cake and eat it, too? They make it $40 for the base. You get and 20 champions. You get five maps. You get five game types. And then six months and a year and whatever, they start releasing expansion packs. $20. You get five more characters, See, a new map, a new game mode. And they, they do it like that, which mm-hmm. is more similar to the way games worked in the 90s where, you know, you bought your $60 game and then you got your $20 expansion pack, your $20 expansion pack, your $20 expansion pack, which is what they did with Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo. I mean, like, Blizzard, like, knows how to do, like, this, like, specific model that it looks like. I mean, like I'm not saying it's a bad game. model, but I would still lend myself. <coughs> I mean, I would have to look and compare exactly how much league champions and hearthstone uh-huh. or heroes of the storm champions are selling for but i imagine like if your crappy characters are selling for three dollars and then your boss characters are selling for like eight to ten dollars like everybody's going to knows what the strong champions are and is going to buy the strong champions eventually if they want to become good pro semi-pro whatever competitive players uh-huh. so first for that I will say that every league champion, when it first comes out at the moment, is I think seventy two hundred IP, or and I think like thirty two hundred RP. At least the last time I checked, I have no idea what the numbers are now. And the last time I checked, that's about I think it's fifteen bucks. Yeah, it's like ten or fifteen bucks. It's a league character is not cheap when they first come out, and it's always when they first come out. Doesn't matter who it is, it is always first week. So first that. Second, I will say two things, and I think we can move on to the next topic. One, the more we talk about this, I'm actually starting to agree more with Thomas that they're not necessarily losing more losing money and that this might actually be a good idea. To I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. Oh, no, 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 fact, for sure. Like, I like this model better of getting everything and not having to buy champions. Because, like, I tried to play League and I couldn't play League because I didn't want to spend all that money to, like, try to figure out what champions I wanted to play and I wasn't going to wait and to, like, try... 
all the different champions on a weekly basis. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I am much more the traditional sixty dollars game. Like that is my strat. Like I'm what? actually thinking monetarily, this might be a better idea. Because my problem here's my thing with League, in my opinion. When those characters come out, they have to have a pull if they're going to warrant that ten to fifteen dollar price tag, whatever the heck it is. Right? They've got to be more or less the newest, dopest champ they've ever produced every single time. You know, because when, when the spotlight comes out, it's only one person. When they come up with the art, it's only one person. When they come up with the lore, it's only one person. When you think about it this way, they do 40 or $60 and you get these 20 dudes and a couple maps and a couple game modes. Six months from now, if they were to charge me 20 bucks in six months, right? You maybe not like every two months or every month, right? They come out with something for five to ten bucks. But if every six months they said 20 to $25, here's five more champions, three new maps, and a new game mode. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, yep, that's worth 20 bucks. I'd buy that. Especially if I enjoyed the game. Yeah. I now, would say they're hitting a much broader player base because of the fact that I don't have to buy one dude and that's all I'm pretty much getting. I don't have to buy maps and that's pretty much all I'm getting. I don't have to buy game modes and that's pretty much all I'm getting. On one hand, I don't like the fact that they're basically bundled like cable channels. You you either get them all or you don't get them all. But on the other hand, I feel like it also gives them some freedom in terms of game mechanics. Because they don't have to come up with these overpowered, almost sometimes broken abilities. Because, I mean, the new the new champions that come out always get nerfed within, like, two or three weeks, right? With that, when they have these games. Because they come out, they finally give it to the players, and once two million people have this in their hands, they start breaking the game with this character. And they say, mm-hmm. oh, maybe we didn't think that through. Whereas if they actually come out with, like, these sets of characters, they can maybe do some balancing, then they can maybe see how they interact with things, maybe come up with ideas that are more about feeding back into the current pool than about taking over and being the champion of the pool. Does that make sense? Yes. Like, the more I think about it, the more I think that that's going to help the game. I do, I agree with Ryan that I think it would probably be better if it was free to play for them, but I think in my, like, if that's what they did, I'd be much more supportive of that kind of like future content than I would be if it was you know buy two dollars for every champion and a dollar for every skin and ten bucks for the gameplay and stuff like that. Right. Well. Okay. Um, one. I think it's really funny that um, free to play became popular because of the idea. It's great because I don't have to pay for the game. Like I just pay for what I want. And then and like the after a year, and now like you're just saying like. It's great because I just pay 40 bucks and I have everything and I have to pay $5 per champion because it's stupid. Well, because um, everyone thinks it's free to play and then after you play it for like a year and you're really into it, then you're like, man, this would really be better if I just... It's like five, just $5. Yeah, right? remember just when Hearthstone was free to play? Yeah. Exactly. So my other one... Okay, last thing for real is... Like, you're talking about this $20 every six months. That is... Literally the Hearthstone model. Oh yeah, for like, sure. Every six months we get a Hearthstone expansion that's twenty five dollars, and everybody buys it. And does anyone really complain that it's twenty five dollars every time? No. Well, okay. Well, people, I mean, it's good. The people were okay. So we're for I'd say we're probably the subset of people that don't necessarily have a problem paying that twenty five dollars every time. But I would say I, you know, I have friends who really, you know, don't necessarily want to drop that twenty five bucks on Hearthstone every time. So that's a bit of a problem for them. And there's there's a whole other topic about the whole the the price wall for new players on Hearthstone right now, but that's not where we're going. But I, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you have that content that gets dropped to you in these bundles where it's like, don't worry about piecemealing this, don't worry about trying to figure out which one's really the one you want to buy and actually playing that metagame of, like, who's good, who's not good, 
get it all. <laughs> you know, right. just get it, sit there, have fun. So it's the Hearthstone model, except they get 40 or 60 bucks up front as well. So, yeah. We've so, talked about this for way too long. Yeah, we have. I think it's fun. It is a great game to play. I would definitely check it out before the beta is over because it's very like TF2. So if that's a problem for you, you know, like you feel like, oh, why don't I just go back and play TF2? Then go back and play TF2. Don't worry about it. You know, not going to hurt our feelings. Yeah. So um, I have a really quick, quick one, which isn't going to win. So I'll, I'll like do a nice little intermission before we get into Ryan's monster topic. <laughs> Cleanse um, our palate, <clears throat> Thomas. So last week. I decided to jump back into the SRPG game and got Disgaea 5. Something of... Ju- I think it might be Alliance of Justice? Absence of Justice? Thing 1. Never played Disgaea games. Yeah, I would say most people in America have never played Disgaea games. Okay, good. Glad we got that out of the way. Continue. Um, <laughs> I was like, I have no idea what, what this game is about. So the, to those who... Are <coughs> to the uninitiated... Disgaea is a uh, strategy RPG game. It's uh, turn-based. Uh, works on like a chessboard. What most Americans would know it by is like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. I was about to say that. So it's basically like Final Fantasy Tactics on steroids. Hmm. So it has like I don't know fifty different systems that all work together to level your characters and your items. And yeah, that game was pretty intense when I played that Final Fantasy Tactics. So if that's on steroids, yeah. So it's it's pretty intense. I mean, the level cap is nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine. Um, not that that really means anything, but there's like like I just I'm in like the fourth chapter of the story and I got a curry kitchen in my base. Now I can make curry. <coughs> Like that's that's, that's a part of the game. Does. Yes, I take items and I put them in this pot, and it makes curries that give me special benefits. Oh, okay. So the curries do something. I thought it was legit. Just like now, you can see your dudes eating curry. Like I thought it was just like a how. Like all right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, they did. There was a whole episode focused on eating curry. Like it's a very Japanese game. Oh, I'm sure it is. That just but, made me laugh that I thought it was just eating curry. Okay, so it's, okay, so the stats. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, there's like there's like a hundred million different things to do. Um, and that's not that's not like my main thing. Right. My thing is something related to that, which is Disgaea Five. I think made me decide that I am still a true gamer. A true gamer. Because for a long... So the last time I played a Disgaea... I played the original Disgaea when it came to America. And then I played Disgaea 2. And I played um, two spinoffs. Phantom Brave and La Pucelle Tactics. And, like, I was, like, super into those games. And, like, played them for 100 hours each. Like, did tons of stuff. I didn't do everything. Like, these games are, like, 500 hours long each. Yep, sure. Um, Sounds like it. If you want to do all the side quests and max levels and stuff. But... I haven't played a game like that in a long time. Probably since I was like uh, 14 or 15. And I guess maybe because like that was... Like, for a long time, that was like my jam. That was like my kind of game. But, uh, that was like before I was into Counter-Strike. Or, like right at the beginning end yeah. of like getting into Counter-Strike and like Twitch FPSs. And I would play for days... Like, if I was... I was in school, so I didn't have anything to do. Like, if I wasn't at school or doing my after-school job, like, 
I would wake up and I would play and then I would just keep playing until I couldn't, my eyes couldn't stay open anymore and then I would go to sleep. You know, like these games are designed to have just always just one more thing. Like I'll just do one more thing, one more thing, but that thing opens up three other things and you have to do one and then this weekend. <laughs> He's getting choked up. I have decided that I am still a hardcore gamer because Why? I woke up, I think it was like Saturday, pretty much, or I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was must have been Saturday. Mostly Saturday. I woke up at like 7.30 on a Saturday. Like, I don't I don't get up at 7.30 on a Saturday. Who does except that? Except like, like take the dog, take George out, and then I go back to sleep. Yeah. I took George out, and I was like, mm, I was making a pot of coffee. So I made a pot of coffee, drank the whole pot of coffee, and just played all day. It's just like, it's, it's all I did. Like, I, I stopped for a little bit to make lunch. You know what I made? Yeah. Curry. <laughs> Right after you got the cake. Yeah, I made some curry. <laughs> so, so like, I just played from the time I woke up until the time I couldn't stay up anymore. Uh, it made me feel good. Because I'd, all, <laughs> I'd been wondering, because, like, even with Dark Souls and Bloodborne and, like, uh, Hearthstone and League of Legends, all these games that I love, like, I can play them for two hours maybe three hours and I need a break like I need like an hour or two to like get my mind off of it and go do something else and like I think it it, it's kind of because like the kinds of games I play are like so intense that like you need a break from the mental stimulation and Disgaea is like 100% like um uh, what is our our comfort food like it is like comfort food gaming like you just sit back with a controller and just like Spend five minutes planning at a turn of like, all right, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. You throw him, then throw this guy, through, do this, do this. And then you just hit execute and watch it all happen. And then you do that again and again. So, like, it's it's easier to just, like, sit there and, and digest it all super slowly. And I think that's all I have to say. I thought... Something that you said earlier was kind of interesting, and you brought it up just now again. That one, one, the whole comfort food aspect of games these days about how just like there are some games you want to play just because you can sit down and kind of turn off a little bit and just like you just digest it, like you said, it just kind of hits you like pretty much something to make you feel better after a long day. But at the same time, you you mentioned earlier about like how. Some games only have, like... You can only do it for, like, two or three hours and you're pretty much done. You know what I mean? Like, you're kind of done for the day. Or maybe you don't have time to do anymore or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then we mentioned earlier, like... It seems like games these days are kind of like that. And not to, not to be like, games these days aren't like I was when I, when I was a kid. But, like, it seems like as we, as people, have just gotten busier, the games kind of cater to the fact that they want to get you in there for, like, two to three hours at a time. And really mm-hmm. be able to, like, have you sit there and get through those two or three hours and have a great time and then have to step away and come back at another time. Whereas, you know, the the JRPGs and RPGs and, like, the SRPGs that pretty much won the 80s and 90s, in my opinion, <laughs> because those are the only games I think I remember playing before I got an Xbox, basically, were games that you would sit there and you would play and you could play it effectively for, like, 18 hours and still have crap that you did not get to. 
You know what I mean? Like, it, it was, there would just be crap out the wazoo for you to do. And it was either, you know, it was neither really very taxing, nor was it very involved sometimes. Like, those games tend to be the ones where you can just kind of plan out your turn, and then it happens, and then you just kind of keep doing that over and over again. It's like one of those easy actions that just gets you through the entire game. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when you can, it just seems like... A lot of games these days seem to have that kind of two to three hour or three to four hour gameplay in mind. And so when you start to play it for longer than that, suddenly the mechanics start to wear on you. Or suddenly the amount of action that's in it is just like too much. Like I remember when I first played Bloodborne, like I couldn't do more than a couple hours at a time. Right? Because I was st- stressed beyond imagine. You know, like it was bad. So games like that, I feel like we're you know that's and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's that's more of a design choice for games like that. But at right, the same it's time, good. Like you you love that hour, yeah. But you need to step back. Exactly. So it's like it's an interesting to see how when I used to play games, I would play it for like twelve hours, and I'd be like, I'd still be hungry for more. Right? You want to go back? Mm-hmm. And you know exactly. And for me, you know, for me that those were games like Pokemon and games like Golden Sun and stuff like that that I used to play on the Game Boy all the time. But at the same time, yeah, exactly, there's a throwback. But at the same time, you know, I have those games these days that I'll play for two or three hours, and I'll get that same enjoyment out of it, but I'll be able to play it for less time. So it's like this interesting thought for me to think about, A, how that's transformed, but then B, has that influenced game design in a way? Like, is that why we have these games that where when we try to sit down for four hours, that's when we start to notice, oh, this thing has a really awful frame rate at some points. I mean, I think oh, it goes you know, to... Kind of the dichotomy, the, the current dichotomy, dichotomy of like oh, yeah. the gaming industry of like it's intense. The Did not expect that over here. Casual <laughs> game, quote unquote, casual games versus yeah. the hardcore games. For and sure. Like you were saying, not necessarily like it made you feel like a hardcore gamer again, but like it's either like it seems like you either get put into one of the two categories. Either you're Call of Duty or you're Assassin's Creed or you're Madden or whatever. Like your Sandbox, your FPS. You're the dirty or... casual that, like, all the game is meant for just the the mass, the masses. This game is built for the masses and it's just built to be played. I mean, Madden is built for the, the dad who works and wants to come home and can play two games of Madden to relax and then has to deal with the kids and put the kids to bed. Yeah. And then that's it. And, like, there's nothing wrong with those games, but yet we've... A large set of the hardcore base has, like, pushed those games off to... The side. The side. The dirty casuals. Because they're the dirty casuals. But then we have these, like, these die-hard, intense games, which is by far the minority of the gaming... Community. Gaming community, but the easily the most vocal... Of, like, the people that are wanting the games, like, Fallout 4 and Bloodborne and Witcher 3 and... All these games that are, like, these huge, overwhelming, like, worlds that take a hundred-plus hours, Elder Scrolls, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Elder Scrolls. Just all, just all of them. <laughs> like, games like that. And, like, those games are good, and those games have their places or whatever, but, like... But it can't be for, like... It can be overwhelming, and it can be, like yeah. you said... Sh- almost stress-inducing rather than stress-relaxing. I agree. And so, it, I mean, I don't I don't really want to go into any diatribes over here about what the gaming is and stuff because <laughs> somehow I ended up getting the new Call of Duty and, like, I, because three of my friends got it and they were playing it like crazy and so, like, I bought it just to play with them. 
because like I wanted to play with them. And it's one of those games. It's fair. And it's a comfort food you can come home to. Like I loved playing play Destiny it? with them, and then they all quit. And yeah, so now yeah, quick I'm just segue. like, what hey, you, what you yeah, I haven't heard you talk yeah. about Destiny in like three weeks. I've been Both of us kind of stopped. Duty for the past three weeks. Oh my god! He was pretty much. This is what happened the last time I quit playing Destiny. I was I, me and Ryan did, did a lot of crap together in Destiny, and I stopped. So then he started picking up randoms, and then I come back and I Ryan's like, "Well, I'm going to go do Call of Duty," but I'm, but I'm too lazy to do the random thing, so I haven't touched the game. I'm either. just like. Okay, I mean, we don't need to go into my current Destiny status. I still love it, and I still want to play it, but I hate having to play the way that I'm having to play right now. I don't like it. So We'll, we'll so, do that later. <laughs> well, we do yeah, now. Now I just want to talk about Destiny. Can okay. you I mean, be, we can talk about it rather than my topic. Can your talk topic be your falling out with Destiny? When's the last time you put it in? It has never left the tray because I've only been playing can't even right now. Uh, hard downloaded games. So Destiny is still in the tray because I've Destiny might be the last game that I've like physically bought. Okay, when's the last time you booted it up? Oh, oh, it was Call. Are oh, you saying Call of Duty was digital? I was yeah, like, I digitally downloaded oh, Call of Duty. Um, so when's the last time you? Probably like three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh my god. That's like that's a dry spell, man. That's like, I haven't even like I've looked at things that Zer's had, but Zer hasn't sold anything useful the past two weeks. <laughs> he's looked around, so he's it, window shop, but he hasn't quite seen. What I he still wants watch to. like the Destiny streamer, like YouTube guy. Like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. Okay. this uh, is like a smoker just eating cold turkey and just being like, "Oh yeah, I haven't spoken for three weeks." <laughs> I mean, okay. I look at the so, facts of the window, and I, I stroke the. Glass I still want to do the hard raid. Yeah, me too. But, but it's like, how do you? It's a lot of work. It's so much work, and unfortunately, <laughs> I haven't. Like, I feel like I haven't gotten far enough. Okay, the problem is everybody fucking quit. Everybody ditched me, and so now <laughs> I just I was busy. stuck playing by myself occasionally, like once a week, and I hate playing. Like this is what happens to me in all my games: is I'm the last person hanging on to the game, uh-huh. and so like I want to play Call of Duty, or I want to play Destiny, or I want to play whatever it is, Halo, and like I can't get anybody else to play because they've all moved on and are like like. Well, I'm just waiting for the new Call of Duty. I'm like, well, we still have this old Call of Duty. (laughs) So, now that Destiny has finally come out and been the game that everybody wanted in the first place, nobody wants to play it. None of my friends want to play it. There's still, like, a huge fan base, and there's still, like, lots of people. Mm -hmm. And, like, I mean, the subreddit still goes crazy every day. Yeah, I mean, you can look at any subreddit, and it'll go crazy. I suppose that's true. The I Guitar mean, Hero subreddit is, is super active. Yeah, probably. I can just not find anybody that I personally know that is uh, as hardcore about Destiny as me. And I've, like, made small efforts to try to find, like, a clan or something that I could, like, join that's, like, people is like, we're going to get together at this day, at this time. Like, uh-huh. every Thursday evening, we're going to run Destiny the raid. Friends. Yeah. But uh, nothing was ever successful, so... You know, it's hard to find online friends. I know, right? You know, I, I, I kind of envy that you have a group of friends that, like, always get, like, oh, we're playing Call of Duty now. We all play Call of Duty. I have, like, I've never had, other than when I played Counter-Strike, 
I've never had like a group of like people I know in the real world that like play to play games with. Like I play every game by myself. Also, most games I play are single player games. I was but, say, most things you play are RPGs, though. <laughs> but still, I would play more like multiplayer games. Like if I had like you know like like a group to play with. Like when I played League, though. Like, I found people and, like, built up, like, this community of, like, 30 people that I would play with all the time. And yeah. Play, like, had, like, a big TeamSpeak server and stuff. But, anyway. Um, that sucks. But I still envy you. <laughs> so, is that my topic? Or do we just wanted to talk about how miserable my destiny life is? <laughs> it's your topic, man. I think what's interesting about it is that I'm almost the inverse of that. Like, you see... You really... I've noticed... I've now played games with you, Ryan, for about four, five, six years, give or take now, since we pretty much started with Halo 3? Yeah. Freshman year, I want to say Halo 3. And out of all the people that played those games that we would slowly transition to, it literally was Ryan, who was the last bastion of the player base, that if everyone was like, well, I think I'll put this game in, Ryan's just on. Playing away, yep. <laughs> doing his thing, and I'd be like, "Oh, look, well, if you ever want to come back, I'm always there to join." <laughs> well, see, if you you have to like hang in on Destiny for another like eight months, and then everybody will come back for another three. No, months. No, see, that's what happened. Is like <laughs> I was the only person who never stopped playing after year one of Destiny, yeah. and then like I convinced Taylor and a couple other friends, two other friends, to, like. Taking King was worth coming back for. And they came back and they played it. But then, I think, like, it's weird. While the new raid is easily the best raid, the way that they did it has almost made it... It's almost like a campaign. Like, you play it and then you're like, well, I could go back for the higher difficulty and play it on veteran this time. Mm -hmm. But do I really want to do that? You know, Mm -hmm. like, it became... Like, it really does. They made it too hard. All these casuals don't want to play anymore. They made it too good. It's this weird... The problem is, like, thing. with me, me specifically, is, like, the way that they did it with the new raid is the new raid, or the, the normal raid that they had, they built, they built the raid at its hardest difficulty. They said, right. this is the raid, and we are building it, and we're just going to put all this stuff in it. And they said, okay, well, this is actually going to be hard mode. Right, then they What can it we down. pare it down to make normal mode? And so, they pared it down, added some things to make it easier but it was still a higher level max level than what you could get so you Mm -hmm. have to finish the raid multiple times to max out your gear and since you can't just earn gear and you're not guaranteed to get new gear like i can't get to 310 which is like the minimum you need to be to do the hard raid which is 320. So, like, everybody in the forums right now are like, I've looked to see, like, I want to do hard mode. I'm at, like, 306. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm good. I know I'm good enough. It's like, just a question I of could, damage output. I could carry myself through, but, like, I'm easily will be the weakest person, and everybody's just like, need somebody, must be at least 314, like, to join my party. And a credit score of 720. Yeah. <laughs> must have exotic emblem. Must have blah, blah, blah. Must have... <laughs> so, I mean... can be so brutal. Woo! 
So that's where I am in like Destiny, and that's why I quit. And then all my friends are like, "Hey, come play Call of Duty. It's actually really fun." And so I've been playing Call of Duty, which it is actually pretty fun. It's uh, took out a lot of the goofiness of Advanced Warfare. Yeah. Well, what do you mean? Advanced Warfare added like the exo movements, which was like you could like launch yourself like twenty feet. No, it was more than Titanfall. Titanfall was just like you could jump and you could wall run. Like uh, Advanced Warfare was like you double tap A and you just do like a ten foot dash to the right, like out of nowhere, or you do a ten foot dash to the left, or you could like launch yourself twenty feet up into the air, and it was just like goofiness because it was all. Like you like to say, it's all just twitchiness, and it didn't took out. I feel like any someone of, like, pulled up the console in Call of Duty and was like, "What if we just like decrease gravity yeah. when you push this button?" And then they found out how fun it was to do, and they're like, "All right, we need to find a way to make this legitimate." So they're like, mm. "Ah, exosuit," and suddenly they're like, "Now you got a jetpack in a bag, and you're doing this crazy crap." So while it still was a game of gun skill, it was more about like. How well could you launch yourself 20 feet up in the air and then jettison yourself to the right while still shooting, rather than just, like, focusing on, like, constant shots? And so this game, they still have, like, movement of, like, sliding, but it's more like a a slow, like, boost. Like, Uh you have, like, a thruster is what they call them, so, like, you can kind of slowly like push yourself up and like jump over like a little wall yeah or like do like a little slide like knee slide and like thrust yourself forward uh-huh. but like you can't just like like advanced warfare was like you launched yourself 10 feet forward out of nowhere uh-huh. where this is like this is you can do visceral. like a slow like you can do controlled it's controlled movements of like you're not just seeing people go like literally you could launch yourself up and then just like jettison yourself to the right and it was so just how easy could you just jerk yourself up and like keep shooting them? Uh-huh. Rather than this, it's not like you jump up, you lose control of your gun. Like you mm-hmm. can't keep firing at people if you're like jumping up and trying to evade. They made everything move slower for the dirty casuals. They made everything more controlled where you actually had to like put thought and skill into your shooting. And that like if I'm shooting you, if I start shooting you, you can't just launch yourself into the air to avoid like me. If if I have the drop on you, you get punished for being in the disadvantaged position. Right. Yeah. Where advanced warfare was you would be at the disadvantage, but like you could easily yes, like Taylor said, you could easily get yourself out of said situation if you could panically press the the A button quick enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd come up behind someone and shoot him, and then they'd jump. But they jump high enough to get on top of the building in front of you. Sounds so like... you're like, oh, uh, okay. Sounds like you're a bunch of dirty casuals. <laughs> so, my topic, I guess, went to the shitter, but Thomas enjoyed it, so that's... What? what <laughs> We're only at, like, 55. You can still do the blacklist. If you want. Okay, Kukaku got blacklisted by Bethesda and Ubisoft. <laughs> what are your thoughts? I'm interested to know. So you told me earlier, like <coughs> they got blacklisted because they leaked Fallout Four early. So right? they said that two years ago they were one of the first people to have like some 
leaked information, pictures or something, or some kind of insider information from somebody saying that Fallout 4 was in, was in development. And then from that day, Bethesda said, we're not talking to you anymore. <laughs> hey. George. And then Ubisoft did the same thing with the past two Assassin's Creed's. I guess Kotaku was the first publisher, like our, our new site, to come out and say that they were making yeah. Unity, and not only were they making Unity, they were making a second game for the previous gen, which that was a big announcement. Wasn't like right. when Kotaku, yeah, released that and said, mm-hmm. "This is what the new game is going to be." But not only that, there's going to be the second new game for the old gen guys, and then they were also the first people to release Syndicate. And not only was it Syndicate, it was actually under like the, uh, their the, first the, original name, yeah. like Victory, that they ended up changing. Uh-huh. Um, and so, I guess in between that, I guess after they leaked the first Assassin's Creed Unity stuff, they were blacklisted for like two months, but then Ubisoft eased up on it and said, okay, we'll let you back in. Like, and then, But after they leaked that, since that day, they leaked... Uh, victory so, slash syndicate that they've been blo- haven't blacklisted Ubisoft. So what does it even mean to be blacklisted? Let's go there. If they means- said they're not invited to any press events. Like so, if Ubisoft puts on a press event or Bethesda put on a press events, they're not invited. They don't get to come. Um, like they e- don't I get E like three and stuff like yeah. That. So they don't those. get any like demo like. They'll get like the games a week early or whatever to test and write their reviews. They haven't got any of those, um, so they are buying physical copies of the games at launch and then playing them and then releasing their reviews a week later or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they don't get any access. Like if you, they call up Ubisoft, Ubisoft doesn't answer them or email them back or respond to anything. Right. So I think. All's fair in love and war. Yep. So they're losing... The one thing I can see that's like a real negative to this is not getting review copies. Like, if you're not invited to their press or whatever, everybody's going to post their stuff. You can just rehash everybody else's stuff, get some clicks for that. Um, But with the reviews, like, they didn't have a review up for Fallout 4 when everybody else did, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Which is like, that can can be like a big deal of traffic... For a site, but how much traffic did they get for leaking Fallout? Like, the Fallout 4 leak was pretty crappy because, like, who didn't already assume that Fallout 4 was in development, like, after Skyrim and they hadn't announced anything else? Like, it's it was obviously in development. That's kind of stupid. But, like, you know, like, I'm sure they got tons of traffic for the Fallout 4 and the Assassin's Creed rumors. You know, you kind of have to, like... And they know. Like, they didn't release it and then... Uh, Ubisoft and be like totally surprised. Ubisoft's like, what? How dare you release our trade secrets? You know, yeah, like, they like, understood what they were getting into when they leaked this stuff. The funniest thing, though, is like, I was thinking of it as the exact opposite of the way you were thinking of it. Like, well, yes, everybody assumed Fallout Four would eventually come out, but uh-huh. it was still like this five-year secrecy thing. While everybody has known for 
six years that an Assassin's Creed game is coming out every year. Uh-huh. So, like, leaking the new Assassin's Creed game for the next year... Was not a shocker. ...is not a shocker in any, like, piece of, like, the world. Like, well, yes, the, the place... Was like news. it's always a surprise or whatever, <clears throat> and like the time, the and time that was their announcement, was, wasn't it? That it was, yeah, gonna that be it set was in going to be in Victorian London or whatever. But like, I thought of as like <sighs> Bethesda m- m- had a much bigger beef with like, how dare you leak Fallout Four? Like at least really? let us like. I thought it was like Ubisoft sent like on the other side. Ubisoft's like. Yeah, that's unfortunate that you leaked that. Slap but, on the wrist. Yeah, kind of like the like. I thought the first one's like, oh, you leaked that, so we're gonna we're gonna be pissed at you for a month. Yeah, like I can see that. Like, don't talk to us <coughs> for a month. Say like, screw you, guy. We're not gonna answer your questions for a month. Uh-huh. Like to say like, for the past year they haven't got anything from Ubisoft because they leaked that it was gonna be in London and it was gonna be called Victory or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and I'm not, I didn't, like, I, I worded it poorly. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't mean to say that, like, Assassin's Creed is a bigger deal than Fault 4. Like, I think Assassin's oh, Creed no, no, no. I is equally, like, say that. whatever. Yeah, he's just mm-hmm. saying that, like, you know? in terms of reveals, it seems like he understood Fallout's beef more. I so understand, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. If I, I personally had to say, like, which company had, I mean, I don't agree with either company's decision. Right. But, like, if I had to say which one had the bigger gripe, or bone to pick with Kotaku, I would definitely say it was Bethesda. Yeah. Well, like I, like, I very specifically remember this Kotaku article saying, Fallout 4 is in development, and, like, my first, like, yeah. I didn't even look at the article. I just saw the headline, and I was like, Duh. Cool. Whatever. Yeah, cool. Like, well, fuck the, you, who cares? I, I reread the article before I came over here just to refresh my mind, and there was a couple other things that they've said, because neither company came out and said, this is why we're blacklisting you, or, and neither company has acknowledged yeah. They're blacklisting them, but both companies have don't respond to anything. But they also said that they were, there was a couple other things that they thought pissed off Bethesda. <laughs> and one of them was that they leaked that Arcane Studios in Austin, who was the people who helped make uh, Dishonored, Dishonored? Oh, with yeah. the Arcane Studios in France, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that the Arcane Studios in Austin pers- specifically was going to start working on Prey Two. Oh and man, I would. Did you guys? Let's just talk about Prey for a minute. Did you guys play the original Prey game? Which one's the original? Like the, the first only one? one? I was gonna. Well, when you, when you say the original, weirds me out because that makes me assume that the first one wasn't the actual first one and it was a reboot. No, no, no. The Prey from like early Xbox Three Sixty. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I played the first forty-five minutes. That game Aiming was, was so, confused. so awesome. Did you play Ryan? No. Sorry, I just want to hijack this to, to like, nostalgia eyes about Prey. Like, <laughs> how many games have a Native American protagonist that, like, goes yeah. up against an alien army? Spoiler alert, you get abducted by aliens. It's so cool, and it has, like, you guys, you guys just play Prey. I so, part, I, I like that part. Kotaku, though, I mean, this article, I mean, I under, the Fallout 4 article is like, yes, they leaked Fallout 4 information, but they specifically went into, like, this Prey article, and I kind of dug into it because I didn't really recognize what they were saying. But they said Prey 2 was being worked on by Arcane Studios in Austin, and blah, 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 it's going to be rebooted. And yeah. so then Arcane Studios came out and said, like, we are not doing that. 
Like, we, like, this is lies, we're not doing that. Uh And so then Kotaku published a follow-up article with leaked internal emails that they had gotten from somebody inside Arcane Studios from, like, the president of Arcane saying, don't talk to the press about Prey 2. Like, this is a secret. Don't do it. Uh-huh. So he's acknowledged like this is and then then that came to Kotaku. Man, that's so, a that's a douchebag move. Like you already got your shit for like saying that the game was in development as being rebooted. Like, come on. That's I would blacklist you for doing that shit. Like <laughs> re- leaking that the game was, you know, the, the original leak. All right, whatever. That's fine. Cool. But like being a shithead and like, oh yeah, well I have your personal emails. But, I mean, the, the other side of that coin is their credibility is being questioned. And, like, the studio is coming out and saying, these people are lying about, like, we're not making this game. They're lying. We're not, we're, this is not true. And then Kotaku, I mean, how much you personally dis- or love slash hate Kotaku or whatever. Yeah, I also like, hate Kotaku. So. I mean, I'm... I, I don't know that. I'm not here to bump up or hate against Kotaku, but the the counter argument is they do have journalistic principles that they personally upheld or uphold to themselves, whatever you value that at personally. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like make your website so, really shitty. That's their personal <laughs> job to make it like every time I fucking click anything on your stupid website, it brings up a fucking comment box. It's bullshit. So. That. Is Gawker's fault, not Kotaku's. Well, get a new fucking parrot company. <laughs> so, uh, what and I was saying is rank. that they they do have <laughs> they have the right to stick up for their reputation and say, no, we did tell you the truth, and here is the evidence we have to show you this is the truth. Yeah. And so, while mm-hmm. yes. Having a leaked internal email is not the best piece to try to justify your argument for but, me personally, but it is not the worst. It's not a bad thing. I mean, it's I don't know. So what I'm I like I I get that you're fighting for your credibility, but like this is I don't think any. I don't think Kotaku's credibility was hurt by Arcane Studios saying, we're definitely not making this game, which means, yes, you're, you're making this game. I mean, it's up for personal preference or choice, I guess. Yeah. yeah. My five seconds on it is that I just find it stupid because sooner or later that rumor's going to come out. If someone was willing to leak the information to Kotaku because someone was friends with somebody or knew a guy that knew a guy, someone on the internet knows that guy. Mm-hmm. And they will leak that information, and it will sooner or later, if it's credible enough, <coughs> if it has enough traction, reach a site like Kotaku, or like The Verge, or like Polygon, yeah, or like Reddit. Yeah, fuck The Verge, too. <laughs> At the end of the day, that information is going to come out, and I don't understand what the point of blacklisting a review site that does generate, you know, PR. Like, it is a large site, whether we like the, like the site or not. Like, people go there. Oh, they're mm-hmm. fine. I just hate them. I know. So all I'm saying is, like, I just don't understand the whole blacklisting concept. Like, on one hand, yeah, okay, they caught you. Ha, ha, ha. Get better at, you know, making sure your employees don't well, talk. Well, like... That's you... why you have NDAs. Like, either punish it or reward people for not talking. 
you, what the companies you want your stuff to come out when you want it to come out. It's like oh, I agree. I like, agree that you, they like, have a you, right to be pissed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought but you I'm just saying I don't think that just blacklisting a site is necessarily the right way to go about it. Like. If I'm, what I'm saying is sooner or later, what if every big name is going to get blacklisted? Because like what, basically what I'm saying is okay. Let's say my name is I don't remember any of the editors' names or article writers' names at Kotaku, but my name Steven is Steven Totello. Okay, my name is Steven Totello, and I'm like, oh, I'm the guy who leaked Fallout Four last year. But guess what? I still know that guy. I still talk to that guy. I'm gonna tell you, the writer at Engadget, everything he tells me, and then we're just gonna get it out there anyway because we don't give a shit. Right, we're just because they blacklisted us. Now to get back at them, I'm going to go to a different site and get that information out there anyway. Well, so yeah. sooner or later, you're just going to oh, now there's no real big sites left other than GameFAQs, and no one's been there in ten years. I mean, I what? think <laughs> GameFAQs just got a huge redesign. Come I mean, on! At the <laughs> same time, though, I, do I don't think that the gaming companies <clears throat> would be that upset if that's what happened. Like now, because there's clearly now people are excited. I mean. The, the, the other argument I was trying to think in my head if both of you like just said completely I wasn't sure how this topic would go both of you just completely went and didn't go anywhere and you said yeah Kotaku's in the right these companies are in the wrong I was trying to think of well what is the company's argument like what is the devil's advocate argument yeah. and like these companies pay millions and millions of dollars for to come up with their creative marketing strategy of the way they want to introduce this game to the world how they are going to lead it up to its launch and how they're going to deal with it post-launch. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, these companies have lots and lots and lots of money at stake for these games, and they have well-crafted plans to how they want to implement these games yep. into the society. Um, and so, I, like you were saying, I understand and companies justifiably being upset oh, when yeah. something's leaked or... Something ruins your well thought of and constructed. Your like six month plan to show a bunch of hints that Assassin's Creed is set in London that has been ruined because fucking Kotaku. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking at it from the company's perspective. From the company's perspective, just think about if Kotaku had leaked the Fallout uh, or not Fallout the. What am I thinking of? Far Cry. There you go. The Far Cry before they did the 12 hour zoom out stream of, of the cave painting. I the know. Cave painting. Exactly. Like what if that had happened? Just think of the ramifications. They shot that for 12 hours of a screen, like, of the well, camera slowly panning out from a picture. Or it took, or yeah. it was actually a five second pan that they slowed Ex- by Like exactly seconds. that. No, no, like, I'm how not. pissed would you be? Like, like you work on apps. I worked or, like, on if that. Somebody like, okay. So I think, I think the prey thing is is interesting. Like it, it, it kind of had to get out because, or well, somebody wanted to get it out because the game is being like basically reworked from the ground up. And there's like, nothing to really like, reveal. As than, like it's happening. Well, yeah. as the internal guy, like you're the. I I'm not like a developer. Maybe yeah. you can identify with this, but I'm thinking like. Like, you're kind of pissed, because, like, you've worked on this for, like, basically probably two or three years, and your boss just said, fuck it, we're starting over. And you're like, I want somebody to know that, like, I've worked on this shit, okay? Like, we've been toiling away for Prey 2, which, like, it's been, (laughs) it's almost been, like, fucking... A decade. 
Ten years! <laughs> yeah, it's almost been like a friggin' decade <laughs> since the first one came out. Xbox 360 ten year anniversary did happen over the weekend, so... Oh yeah, yeah it's cool. been like ten years then. No, seriously, I mean, that's that's a good... There you go, now you know it's been ten years. <laughs> there it is. Cool. So, the new story, the moral of the story is... All marketing strategies going forward should start out with the assumption per, per or intentionally leaking information. No, so the, like, the moral of the story is to blacklist Kotaku <laughs> all the time. No, the moral of the story is every gaming company plan, like, start your, say, like, alright, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have Billy from sales accidentally, in air quotes, type reply all to Polygon and Kotaku <laughs> and the PR the verge and like send it out to everybody and say, oh shit, that was an accident. <laughs> and then just send out one and more so that's like, like a giant <laughs> wiki face. So then that, that gets the ball rolling and then you move from there. See, yeah. I feel, see, I, all I'm saying is like when you keep these, when you develop these games for five years and you keep it on a rep for that long, something's going to come out. Like there's no way nothing is. Wouldn't it simply be easier to say, I mean, like just drop that subtle bomb at the end of the E3 press conference and be like, oh yeah, pray to you, 2016. Well, and see, they just walk the, out. And like, that's what, the problem, is happened? that they don't get the chance to get even get to E3 and drop a subtle bomb. Right. Well, of, they can like, just tweet it out these days. Like, that would be I mean, E3. No one Kotaku, even attention to it Kotaku anymore. writes in their article and says, like, companies cannot expect in 2015 for reporters to, like, not investigate things. And if they get leaked information, to just sit on it. And we're, they, yeah, we're going to Those wait. days are gone. You know we're going to wait for you. But... Crazy wow, Hyper Dog. Crazy Dog. Uh, but yeah. I don't know. I lost. She, Georgia made me lose my train of thought. <laughs> no, I agree. I Like, they're going well, like, to investigate. That's This is the age of the digital information. Things are going to happen like, as much as companies don't want it to. You have to expect the unexpected at every moment. Oh, well, like, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying, like, that, you know, Kotaku shouldn't report on this stuff. Like, it's just like every other place ever. And they're getting blacklisted just like every other industry ever. Like, yeah. this is totally normal, commonplace kind of stuff. I mean, it's just like, I think probably the first time in a while, mm-hmm. or maybe the first time... I've, like, I've heard about, you know, come gaming publications getting blacklisted before. This is mm-hmm. like, this isn't the first time I've heard of it, but like, it's a, it's kind of big because it, it involves Fallout. Yeah, yeah. I do think the one kind of thing that I didn't really care for, and this will be the last thing, unless you guys really want to expand. No. But, like, I did think Kotaku did come up a little bit, like, off on their high horse and saying, like, we're doing this because, like, we know smaller gaming websites have been blacklisted and, like, we want to, like, get this out there for, like, them, like, to defend them, their honor as well as our own. It was just, like... You didn't really need to say that and be like, we're doing this for the little guy. I'm like, no, you're doing this for you, and you're saying it for the little guy. Uh, so that did come off a little, a little uh, self... Uh, I can't think of what I want to say. Got too distracted by the door to butt your face. Uh, the, yeah, I get you like, your high horse thing. Yeah, yeah fuck those guys. I mean, if they would have just said like we're like we're just doing this because like, 
We just want you to know why we don't have a Fallout review. Yeah, why we don't have a Fallout review because we can't get a copy and now we have to wait till Johnny finishes playing and putting 100 hours into it. Well, here's the other thing about... I don't... Well, this is, might be um, against whatever is in illegal and stuff, but, like, I feel like gaming journalism is a pretty tight-knit community. These fucking Kotaku guys could just walk over to GameSpot's house and play Fallout 4 there and then release their review and be like, um, we played our review copy. We didn't have a review copy, but we found one. That's what I don't understand. Like, that's why I don't... It's, this but see, so there's pointless. no other... Com- like, well, you do think that, and I'm sure Kotaku guys could get there and, like, have, like, got some Fallout 4 game time in. Like, they could have, like... I'm sure somebody at Kotaku went to somebody's at Polygon's house and played some Fallout 4. But, like, I think while I agree they could do that, I think Polygon, Kotaku and Polygon wouldn't want to ruin that personal relationship and wouldn't want to screw it up for the other person. Because oh, what if their relationship there's a publisher? There. Yeah, so like, Nobody has to say who did it. Also, Nobody like, has to, but what if, but what if somebody leaks the information... And well, now Kotaku's in the same spot Bethesda is, so fuck those guys. What if GameFAQs finds out that Polygon <laughs> and Kotaku are sharing, and so GameFAQs then becomes, like, leaked to <coughs> Bethesda and say, we know Polygon's giving, like, your Fallout 4 game to Kotaku people. If they cared, like, as much as they would like to pretend in their article of we are the the... The, the fucking bees needs of investigative <laughs> journalism and video games. They would have talked to somebody at like a fucking EB Games and gotten a copy a week early when the shipment came in and played it and had a review and said like "fuck you, Bethesda, we got our game anyway." Because they can do that. Like if you work for a game publication, you can just walk into an EB Games and be like, "Hey, what's up? I work for Kotaku," and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, here you go. Here's Fallout Four. Here's Call of Duty. Here's everything. I don't care if I lose my job. I get paid five dollars an hour." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would argue that I did see some Call of Duty streamer go into a GameStop and say, like, hey, I'm on uh, whatever team he was on, I can't even remember, and say, like, like, and they recognized him, like, oh, you play for FaZe, uh-huh. like, uh, second best Call of Duty team, like, and he's like, can I get a copy of uh, Black Ops 3? And they're like, no, we can't do that, because we'll get, like, sued and have to pay, like, $300,000 and go to jail. Yeah, right. It happens all the time. Can't do that. Turns off the turns off the video. But seriously, (laughs) plenty of nobodies get games a week early. These guys can figure it out. They're investigative journalists. I do agree that, like, pretty much on Twitter, all the other gaming publications came out and said, "Like, this isn't right. Like, this is unfortunately a practice of the gaming industry." This is a practice of like industry. True. This is not a gaming industry problem. This is well, a thing that happens in the world. Like if I leak Intel's benchmarks a month before the CPUs come out and it turns out they're really shitty, I will get sued or I will get blacklisted. Well, like, Intel can't, isn't going to shut off, like, blacklist the Associated Press or something. Like, it's... These gaming... These billion-dollar gaming corporations do have some power and control to try to dominate these smaller... Relatively smaller news publications. Because, like, the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or the Associated Press or whatever or CNN or Fox News or whoever isn't going to, like, 
big companies cannot like, say we're not dealing with you, like yeah. the Associated Press. Yeah, like that—that's impossible. Like they can't deal with that. Do do that. So I don't know. Interesting food. Who won? Thought. I don't know who did win. I don't know. Those actually so, just... Overwatch or Fuck Kotaku. <laughs> Or Ryan's sad life story. I like <laughs> Ryan's sad life story. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think I'm gonna have to vote for uh, Ryan. Which one though? Woo! The, the topic. <laughs> I vote for Ryan too. I just Ryan to has two votes, no matter what topic you pick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good game, guys. Adios. Georgia, why are you so crazy? Why are you sticking your butt in my face? That was awesome. <laughs> she just straight up put it.